welcome back to the Caffeinated Brown Girl podcast, a show featuring conversations with South Asian creatives, pioneers, and business owners. We are finally back with an episode after a five to six week hiatus as I was uh, moving across the country, but I could not be more excited to be back with episodes with amazing guests and amazing conversations. Today's episode is a really special one for me because I chat with Angelina from Sindhi Girl Gang about what it means to be Sindhi. So obviously I am Sindhi, uh, but this is a part of my identity that I have not talked about a lot or not thought about a lot. Um, Especially growing up, I just did not pay much attention to it. I knew we ate some food that was different from what other people ate. And I knew we spoke this language that I didn't see any of my friends speaking. Uh, but I didn't give it much thought until I came to the US and I was like, I don't have any Sindhi people around me. So when I got a chance to talk with Angelina, I was really, really excited to um, see her perspective on what it's like being Sindhi, especially because she grew up outside of India and I grew up in India. So we had some differences and experiences and some similarities. So a little bit about Angelina. Um, She's a Sindhi girl originally from Malaysia, but now based in London, working in the payments space. Angelina has always been involved in the Sindhi community in Malaysia. Her passion for the Sindhi people and community really grew a few years back when she created Sindhi Girl Gang on Instagram. Her vision for the platform is to promote, encourage, and unite Sindhi girls around the world. So really in this episode, we just talk about our experiences growing up Sindhi, um, what does it mean to be Sindhi, um, you know, things like language, food, experiences growing up in India versus in the diaspora, and really the work she's doing with Sindhi Girl Gang to promote and help Sindhi girls and women. So please tune into this episode. You'll learn a little bit more about me. You'll learn a little bit more about my community. And then if you like this episode, I will actually be doing an Instagram live on Angelina's account. Um, She does this thing called Spill the Chai, where she talks to other Sindhi people. So I'll be hopping on to it this Saturday, um, August 28th at 11 a.m. Eastern. And we're going to talk about my podcast, you know, doing all this work and um, my passions, which is the podcast is a big part of it and other fun stuff. So make sure to tune into that. Um, You'll see more details on that on my Instagram as well. But other than that, make sure you're following Caffeinated Brown Girl on Instagram as well as at Cindy Girl Gang um, to get connected with Angelina and um, learn more about the Cindy community. So without any further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, Angelina. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm really excited to talk about, you know, what it's like being Sindhi and Sindhi Girl Gang. And uh, for me, the reason for that is because honestly, I don't know a lot of Sindhi people outside of my family. And I know we exist and I know we're doing great things, but um, it's only now that I'm starting to see like more of us um owning up to that identity and you know actually talking about it so uh looking forward to the conversation we're going to have today but before we get into any of that why don't you introduce yourself hey thank you for having me on um yeah i think it's going to be an interesting conversation today it's you know my first podcast um and i think what you're kind of you know questioning in 
and you know being Cindy is is quite common nowadays. You know, a lot of us are kind of trying to figure out where we are from, and you know, trying to figure out our identity. And I think it's also at the point where it's not enough to just say you know we're Indian. Um, we kind of want to you know you know exactly pinpoint where we are from. Um, and I think it's such a important topic. Um, and it's time to explore our roots. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, how would you describe like whether it was growing up or in general, how, like, how would you describe it being like a Sindhi, like, and your relationship with that part of your identity? I think you know it's it's very funny that you asked me this question because I think a few weeks back, I was on a Facebook live and, you know, we were talking about how to try and get. Cindy, you a bit more involved, or trying to kind of you know be proud of from you know where where they're from, and there were comments in the live chat being like, you know, if you don't speak Cindy, how can you say that you're you're a proud Cindy, and that really stuck stuck with me because it you know so what is like we can't speak Cindy, but that doesn't mean that we can't explore our culture, we can't explore our roots, we still and we can still be proud about you know about it like just because I can't speak Cindy doesn't mean that I'm any less, uh, you know, a Cindy person. And I think coming back to your question, you know, what, what does it mean being Cindy is basically, I think, first of all, identifying yourself, being, okay, you know, when someone asks you where you're from, you know, what race, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a Cindy person. But that is, is so different for everyone else, you know, you know, there's so many Cindy's from all around the world. So me just saying that I'm Cindy, I think that's, that's, a way of you know identifying yourself and then it goes to the second layer you know some people might speak Cindy some people doesn't speak Cindy some people know how to cook Cindy food some people don't know how to cook Cindy food and where whichever category that you belong in it doesn't make you any less as a Cindy person I think we need to remember that yeah I think that's such a great thing that you said because it's something like there's not a certain checklist that you have to like uh, hit to be you know qualified to be a Sindhi no that's not how it works that's just creating barriers and you know like I uh, here in the U.S. I talked to a lot of my friends who are Indian American so they were born here brought up here but they might uh, they might be Punjabi they might be Tamilan like you know uh, different parts of the country and they say a lot of the same thing they're like I don't know how to speak my native language, the the ones that my parents or my grandparents talk in. And, you know, I've struggled with like my identity for a lot of years because that's the expectation that if you don't know the language or if you don't know the food, like you're not that person, like you, you cannot like connect with it. But that's that's not really true because, I mean, each person has their own definition and relationship and that can like change over the years but I think society in general likes to box people in and keep people out um so I I do see like this story being uh very common across situations which for me it was surprising because I grew up in India so you know I grew up speaking Hindi and English but I did not know Sindhi still which which is slightly different maybe than, you know, someone who grew up here or another part of the country. And people were like surprised to find that I could like in some senses relate to not knowing what is technically like my mother tongue. 
but i was like yeah it's just it didn't happen and like whatever reasons went into it like you know i still understand the language and i can't speak it there's that dynamic um but i think it's interesting to see like how some of that uh is common across situations that you wouldn't think it would be exactly yeah i mean it's just the thing it's like what what does it mean to be cindy at the end of the day because out in our situation is like this cindy's all around the world so there's no one set of rules you know or one set of like you said you know tick boxes where if you tick all these boxes you are considered a cindy it it's really not like that and i think we need to start moving away from the mentality of being like okay if we do certain things that classifies us as a cindy which is really not how it works you know humans are super complicated and i think with the older generation it's like you know you have to be able to cook cindy food or even it's like you have to cook speak cindy that means you're proud of being a cindy person mm-hmm. and i think we need to change that kind of mindset being like even though we can't cook cindy food even though we can't speak cindy as long as i'm you know proud as a cindy person i'm in my case i am promoting you know like what it means to be a cindy or a cindy girl that's that's good enough because the motivation and the passion is there what else do you need yeah i agree i do want to talk about this like a lot more in detail but before we go into that you know for me it was a journey like getting to know more about my cindy identity like when i was growing up i i knew i was cindy but i didn't like pay a lot of attention to it if that makes sense it was like one of those things yeah my family speaks this additional language uh, that we don't really like talk about um in my friend group or talk about in school like it's not recognized like on the surface it's like another north indian who speaks hindi like that's mm-hmm. how i kind of identified and then over the years you know i grow up and then i hear my uh, dad being like yeah i'm going to take your grandma to see the sindhi comedy show and i'm like there are sindhi comedy shows like i thought we were you know just like a small community or things like that has started happening and then i came i came to the us and it's often like when you're away from something that you're so used to and seems so common and see, seems so normal that you actually realize like the importance of it and then i started like more thinking about what does this part of my identity mean like i have nobody here in minnesota at least that identifies as sindhi and um i've met other people my age who can speak the language but i can't and like how do those dynamics work and then i'm starting to like think about it actively a lot more and so for me like it's been a journey of even thinking of it as like an important part of who i am right so i'm just wondering for you like how you know was it from like childhood you were like yes i know this is this is me or how has that journey been for you i think okay so i started cindy girl gang you know about i keep i, I need to figure out when i actually started this page <laughs> but i would say about 2 years ago 2 3 years ago i started cindy girl gang and you know i've i and i realized on this journey and you know with my instagram page and stuff i realized there's a difference cindy's based in india and cindy's also from india so my personal story is i'm originally from malaysia and i recently moved to the uk so i've always been outside of you know india my mom is originally from japan my dad is originally from malaysia 
they're all Sindhi. But, you know, my, my roots mm-hmm. to India, it's not that strong. However, I've realized that the Sindhis who are outside of India are a bit more connected in the sense where they're a bit more connected to their Sindhiness as with Sindhis that are, are in India. Just, I guess, as you mentioned, you know, when you're away from certain things, you start to realize and you start to, you know, be like, okay, I need to kind of keep the culture a bit more intact because I'm so far away from it. So I think the Sindhis that have lived away f- from India, they, they have been a bit more exposed to, I guess, that, you know, that community where they have Diwali ball and Diwali and um, they celebrate Cheti Chan and all the Sindhi festivals. And, you know, they religiously go every month for Chand. Um, it's because this is all they have. You know, if they don't attend these kind of functions or they don't, you know, stick in the same group, their their identity is a bit lost. And this is a bit for the older generation who have, you know, maybe come from from India and, you know, it's kind of traveled and come to Malaysia and it's like, okay, we need our own our own group, our own type of people just to surround us, just to remind us who, who we are and where we came from. Right? So I think for me, I've always grown up in very much in the Sindhi community. I was very much involved in it. My my dad, my mom, they have been you know in this in the community for many many years. My dad, I think, uh, he was part of the youth youth section of the Sindhi mm-hmm. community when he was growing up, and now he's basically leading leading the community for the last I don't even know how many years, but it's been a very long time. So because of his influence, I think I've just been very much exposed to it very very much exposed to the culture and the Sindhis in Malaysia the community is super small so we all know each other and I've I've just been very aware of you know I'm Cindy and I'm supposed to be proud about it and um yeah and I think there is a difference growing up in India and growing up outside of India yeah I agree like I have uh, you know what you're talking about having your own pockets of community in those um in different parts of the world i've seen that like with uh, some of my friends who may be bengalis or who might be telugu and like are here and like they their you know parents have this group of people who are also from the same community and they meet every so often to celebrate festivals or to get together and um whatever that looks like so that does like sound pretty similar to what i've seen but I think I agree with you that there's a big difference between um, Sindhis who grew up in India or outside. Um, I also think there's this aspect that um, there are also Sindhis who are who might be in Pakistan, and I did not know about that. I, I'll I'll be the first one to admit it until a few years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Because as I said, I just didn't know a lot about what about what the Sindhi community was when I was growing up and it was only when I started like looking into it and I started recognizing like oh it's actually a more complicated history than it seems um even in India like we don't have like a state in India right that we can call home because people are refugees they can't like grand like my grandparents and their parents like they came in um there as refugees and like i i grew up in jaipur and we have this area called sindhi camp okay i had no idea why it's called sindhi camp and then i yeah because that's when people came that's where they were camping out right mm-hmm. and so i think the history is so complex i think from from my personal experience what i really believe what happened and why i was not so connected to my culture is that 
when you know my grandparents and my ancestors they like came to where we are now there was almost this need for erasure and for like blending in mm-hmm. to like what's 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 more common there and and more more of a focus on building your life from scratch and not really focusing on your background identity where you come from and so it kind of keeps getting watered down yeah. through the generations and then but at the back of your head you still know yeah there are other people around us who are shim- there are other people um whom have been in similar situations so it doesn't feel like a need need mm-hmm. but then maybe people who've now gone to a third or a fourth place even outside like the mm-hmm. south asian subcontinent now it's like oh now i have a very very small community of people who are similar who have a similar background to me so now let's let's regroup and let's reconnect and so i think it's very interesting to um think about it this like this because i haven't given it a lot of thought but i believe like there's so so much history and so much like complicated history that goes into there but not a lot of people are aware about it even within our communities let alone like outside yeah I, yeah i i definitely agree with that you know when you say that there's not much awareness and that's that was the reason why i kind of started cindy girl gang cuz i think you know as as south asians we are kind of going through this transformation period where you know we're really pushing for girls rights and just trying to change the the narrative at the moment um especially doing with with girls and females and women empowerment and i think with that i kind of saw that you know there is a gap for cindy girls or let's just say even cindy people cindy boys girls because we are very much not we're not known <laughs> we're quite rare mm-hmm. you know um and i think there is a need to kind of just you know spread the awareness a bit more especially you know through social media because that's where the younger generation generations are and I mean the younger generations are, are is our future. So if we can connect with them through social media because that's where they they are, it's it's quite important and I think it's quite critical to kind of focus on that right now because there's a lot of organizations and a lot of societies out there in these in the um communities out there. I'm I'm from Asia so I can speak about you know you have mm-hmm. Jakarta, you have Singapore, you have Malaysia, you have Thailand, you have um in in Asia Jakarta is all they're they're big and they're very much close to to one another but to really get i think the younger generation involved and in trying to keep the traditions alive you kind of need to i guess address them in a different way so yeah. yeah and as you said there's not much visibility um there so you know it it's scary as like a young a teenager or someone in their early 20s to like come up and be like i want to learn more about what my um identity is and what this means if those resources don't exist and you know something that we had talked about earlier is that one not a lot of people know about what the sindhi identity and community is but also because of that there are a lot of like stereotypes that come with it with which i personally have seen and heard a lot so i can um the earliest i can think back to is i think i was in like second or third grade and um i was just like in a school had ground like two 
ground so we were just like outside for like a sports period or something and one of my friends she just just like oh you're Sindhi right we're not friends with Sindhi people because they're oh, like wow. all they care about is like money or so, like something like that right and I'm like I mean that hurt me because I was what eight and I'm like why is a eight-year-old saying this to me now thinking back <laughs> on it right but I I kind of forgot about it and didn't remember that up until recently but then even throughout the years when I meet new people they're like oh are you are you Punjabi I'm like no actually I'm not (laughs) like love them but I'm not and then if I tell someone oh I'm Sindhi and my family speaks Sindhi I think sometimes I get confused like oh do you mean Hindi and I'm like nope separate languages (laughs) (laughs) separate languages um and that more happens with people who are not South Asian yes but then uh but then even with people who are South Asian they're like oh interesting but then there's nothing else that they have to ask because again they don't know where to start because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of knowledge so um I think there are a lot of like stereotypes so maybe maybe now's a good time to like talk about what those are <laughs> and how can we like change the narrative around them because I don't think they're true and I think there's again a lot um again a lot of history that goes behind it I definitely agree with you because if someone told me that when I was eight, I would, I would feel the same way. Like it would, it would stick. The like it definitely has stuck behind your head, and it's like it reminds you being like, okay, I, I'm not so proud of being a Cindy. Like why is why why are people saying these things? And this is the reason why I kind of started started Cindy Girl Gang. It was because I'm proud to be Cindy. There's amazing things to our culture and our roots, but at the same time, it's like there's a lot of bs that goes on um in the cindy community which a lot of people don't like to attach themselves with the cindy community and i think that's super sad i'm sorry i think you know like you should be proud from where you where you're from if you are not happy with something then try and change it you know it's like not one person can change the narrative it's like all of us especially the younger generation you know we have to work hard to kind of be like you know what we're actually not snakes have you not heard, like, you know, I've heard so many jokes being like, oh, I'd rather trust a snake than a Cindy. It's like, okay, like, why why would you say that kind of thing? And, I mean, I do understand, you know, maybe we have a bad reputation in, in certain areas, but why continue why continue the bad, bad rep when we can actually change it? And the other stereotypes is like, okay, we love spending money, we love our diamonds, we do big weddings. And yeah, I mean, it's fine. But at the same time, it's like, let's start focusing on the important things, you know. And I think mm-hmm. it's not a simple answer because it runs deep. You know, we were refugees. And I think that mentality of survival, which was like our primary, you know, for our grand, great-grandparents, great you know, we overcome that. So we're like, okay, survival, check. And then, you know, we start doing really well in business. Okay, check. Money is coming in. Okay, cool, check. Now it's like, let's show off the wealth that we've built because we've struggled so much for it. And it's like, okay, great. But I think we've also, you know, overcome that. We're not refugees anymore. And it's like, can we go back to where we came from in terms of mentality Mm -hmm. where like, you know, let's not focus on the material stuff and let's focus more on, I guess the real the real situation that goes on in our society and our communities, you know, starting with our family and how we treat girls and 
how we set certain expectations and how you're supposed to do this and how you're supposed to do that. It's like all rubbish because at the end of the day, all that doesn't matter. So I think we need to change the narrative and I am on this mission to try and change it. But at the same time, it's like, I can't do it by myself. Like, you know, we have to inspire the younger generation to kind of change their mindset. Absolutely. I think you bring up a great point that there's this change that needs to happen, not only external to the community and how they like, you know, not only people outside the community and how they think about us, but also like within the community, there are a lot of changes that need to happen. But I think what really stood out to me, and this is what I was just thinking of too, is that those stereotypes about being money-minded, being um, business-oriented, being very um, strict with their money and then, you know, showing it off with for weddings and stuff, that's all rooted in what you were just saying, moving to an absolutely new place, building your lives from ground up, so having to save money as much as you can because you don't know when life's going to change. But then when you've kind of like built that, okay, now let's flaunt it. But I also agree with what you said that, okay that's fine but now let's really think about we're we're more than that right and like as you said not refugees anymore and if you've like built that standing for yourself now let's let's refocus on what does it actually mean to be a part of this community and let's let's change some of the things that might be also archaic and um you know that's how we're treating girls or um just I think there are like a lot of things that go into that, but I I guess I hadn't necessarily thought about it in this way before, where that it's like a change both internal and external, and both both are important because at the end of the day, if we don't have internal change, then external change doesn't really matter yeah. because that's not changing the situation for girls and other people who might be in the community. Yeah, exactly. And like you mentioned, it's like, if you don't change within the society, then outside the society, non-South Asian people are just going to look at you in a certain way as well. So it's just like, you need to change the way you you think. I don't want to say it. Yeah, I guess just your mindset. I think the Sydney community needs to be a bit more open-minded and kind of move away from the, you know, materialistic kind of stuff to a bit more, I don't know, think about more important issues at this point. Yeah, I agree. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about Cindy Girl Gang and, you know, you talked about why you started it, but I would love to hear what are the different things that you're doing with it and where do you hope to take it? So, yeah, I mean, so Cindy Girl Gang, as I mentioned, kind of started a few years back and it came from a place where I was very proud to be Cindy and I used to get really excited when I used to see Cindy content on Instagram, which was not often, but when I did, I was like, oh my God, I feel connected to it. And then I started to think, I was like, okay, cool. We have a loads, loads of South Asian pages, which are doing amazing things, but it would just be nice if we could have a bit more, I guess, Cindy content that, you know, that, that was present. And I kind of got the same feedback when I did post, you know, when I first started Cindy Girl Gang, I started posting slowly, slowly Cindy content and people got really excited about it. And I was like, okay, there's, there's actually something here. But I wanted to take it a step further. It's like, I can post Cindy content, but at the same time, I'm in this space where I really want to push Cindy girls to, you know, their potential because 
we as as much as we can speak about the bad things about the Cindy community or being a Cindy, we have a lot of good characteristics. You know, we're really good business people. Uh, we are able to adapt anywhere, very flexible because we've had to. That's that's you know that's how the way that we're brought up. So I was like, why can we why can we not start shedding light on Cindy girls? Of course, I love my Cindy boys as well out there, <laughs> but you know, like I think right now we just need to pay a bit more attention to Cindy girls. So initially, I started posting, you know, just a bit of you know shade, throwing a little shade at the Cindy community. <laughs> You know, just to be like, you know, you guys are not, what you're doing is not so great. But then I kind of, you know, thought about it and I was like, you know what, I have a, I have a platform and I kind of want to see what I can do with it. So initially I started with a girl, um, Spill the Chai Instagram live where I kind of select specific Cindy women who are out there doing amazing things. So you could be starting their own business, directing movies, writing a book, um, they are a chef, a master, master chef, like, you know, just really amazing things. Um, and I wanted to have conversations with them and kind of just get their perspective and how they, 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 um, I guess, passionate and motivated of what they're doing. But at the same time, how are they talking to their parents about it? Because we can know, we know that the Cindy community is a bit close minded. And if, for example, a girl just wants to step outside of the box, sometimes it can be an issue. So I kind of want to just get the perspective of being like, you know, how do you do it? How do you speak to your Cindy parents and how do you push the boundaries? You know, because you're doing amazing things and I hope younger girls or women or girls or whatever mothers are just inspired to do what they want to do. So it's kind of going in that direction where I am just, you know, having a lot of conversations, uh, just getting inspired, getting motivated and sharing that with, with everyone as well, also trying to share a bit of knowledge about, you know, where we're from, the Cindy culture, the Cindy food. I'm on my personal journey trying to make Cindy curry, trying to make Thai bhaji. <laughs> like, it's been a journey because I don't cook. And it's fine. There's nothing wrong, yeah. you know. It's like, you don't know how to cook, it's fine. If you're interested in, you know, learning how to cook Thai bhaji, good for you. Like, it's fine. And if you, if you don't want to know how, you, how you, to cook Thai bhaji, it's also okay. Like yeah, I don't. I don't like. I don't like. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? Like, if I say, "Oh, I don't like Saibhaji," people be like, "How dare you? You're not Cindy." I'm like, I just don't like it. I like. Uh, I like Cindy curry. I like cook. I just don't like Saibhaji. Just leave me alone. And even worse if you say I can't cook it. That's even worse saying yeah. that, right? So <laughs> that that's the thing. It's like I wanna be able to kind of be like, okay, I'm making Saibhaji. I'm making Cindy curry. Cool. I've learned this for myself because I miss eating it. But how can I also make it like fit for my my schedule? Like I'm a working girl. Like I can't be sitting in the kitchen for three hours. Like, hello, like anybody got time for that? You know what I mean? So like trying to reinvent what does it mean to be a, Cindy, a modern Cindy girl? Like, what does it mean? Because if I don't cook Cindy food, if I don't speak the language, if I'm not married to a Cindy, that means I'm not Cindy? That's, that's rubbish. That's absolutely rubbish. Yeah. It's like, look, I'm a modern Cindy girl. Well, I like to make curry once in a while. Maybe I use frozen veggies. Who cares? You know, I'm not married to Cindy. Who cares? At the end of the day, I'm still Cindy. No one, no one can tell me that I'm not Cindy. So I think it's kind of just promoting that message out there, being like, look, girls, do what you want to do. Follow your dreams. And no one can tell you anything. Um, and that's basically where the direction of I see Cindy Girl Gang going, as well as, you know, my my five-year plan for Cindy Girl Gang praying that you know it still laugh last and you know people are still interested <laughs> in the content that i post is 
to kind of, I guess, build a foundation for domestic abuse, uh, particularly for Cindy women. I'm going to, you know, kind mm-hmm. of shed a light on them, but as well as, you know, everyone, everyone is included. I'm not going to exclude anyone, but I think, you know, that's, that's my future goal where I want to definitely build a pl- pl- platform where, you know what, if a mother for the last 10 years isn't working and, you know, she wants to leave her husband, we are there to support her because it's so common and I don't think that we talk about it enough. No, I absolutely love everything that you're doing. Um, First of all, like reinventing the narrative about being a modern Sindhi girl. I, I think that's great. And what you were talking about with Spill the Chai, like not only talking to those people because they're doing great things. And I know when my mom or my dad, they see someone random in the Sindhi community doing something big they get excited like they get excited like toddlers they're like oh my god like you know all of us get excited through generations so it's important to not only look at it from the lens of like our generation but also like parents and um and also kind of challenging them to rethink some of the notions that they grew up with because to what we were talking about earlier each gen as you know generations go we get further and further from that survival and that refugee mindset like obviously my grandparents have a lot more of that because they were kids when they had to move then parents are once removed and then you know it keeps on going further and further from that and so there's a lot of like unlearning that you know future generations can help the previous generations for them to feel better too so it's important to have those conversations um not only with you know what's the future but also people like our parents and grandparents so I think I think that's absolutely amazing and I mean I see the content on your page and um you know today you posted about some book and I was like you know a few months ago I, I'm a big time mm-hmm. reader I have like maybe 200 books at home like I love reading and a few months ago I was just like trying to find books written by Sindhi authors and I really there wasn't an easy oh, yeah. platform to do that and to so the fact that you're highlighting that it helps me and I'm thankful for it and I'm sure like it helps other people too so even like things that may seem so little but are really not um, I think I think are great but then also to your five-year plan um, I think that's a very important thing to focus on so here in Minnesota I work with a non-profit that are, that's also South Asian and they also have a big division that helps uh, women and others who've gone through domestic violence kind of get back onto their feet and get out of that situation so it's also one of those other topics that in South Asian communities, it's just, like, forget being talked about. It's just accepted in a lot of places. Like, yep, that's what happens. And that's what's continue going to continue to happen. Exactly. Like, um, uh, and, and I mean, violence is being accepted. I, I don't understand it. But so I think that's a great mission to have. So I'm super excited to see where you take all the work that Thank you're doing. You. I think just to add on, I think, you know, it's, we, we hear sometimes, you know, with domestic abuse and stuff, but it's not easy when you're in the shoes. And I think as I got older, it's like a lot of this women who are in the situation, it's like they want to leave, but how can they leave? And it's it goes mm-hmm. back to because many years ago, for girls to start working, it wasn't a priority. And that was the mistake that was made. I'm sorry, but I'm going to call it a mistake. Like if you were working 10 years ago, you would have been able to leave a very bad situation. And that's why now I'm pushing the narrative of 
putting the message being like a young Cindy girl, you know, you finish university, please, please go and get a job. Please, please go and work because you don't know what the situation is going to be in 15 years, in 20 years. You have no idea. So as long as you are making your own money, as long as you yeah. have your <laughs> savings that no one knows about, like you're good. Like I, that's what I'm trying to promote. So, you know, trying to make sure that these girls don't make the same mistakes that their aunts and grandmothers and mothers make. That's, that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And the only thing I would add to that is like, that's why it's important to like talk to girls our age, but also, you know, their mothers and their parents, because the reason they might not have been able to work was that wasn't an option for them. And why was that like the, the situation they were in? And so that's why I think like the change has to be across generations and not just like focusing on one. But I agree, like independence is one thing that is, the best feeling you can have um like having your own money and being having its ownership like that's the society we live in and so it can be one of the most freeing feelings because nobody can hold anything against you and I think I mean I'm very grateful to be brought up in a household um yes that has encouraged me to do that and maybe I should talk to my parents more like how 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 are you so like uh, encouraging (laughs) but I'm like thankful for it but you know I've always been encouraged to choose your own career path we're not going to tell you to start a business or not start a business or be a doctor like that's never been an expectation and um so I'm very thankful for that but I but I even see my own extended family or I see other people in our community and uh, beyond just being Cynthia the South Asians and that's not the case so um I think I think that's a that's a very important thing and not to go off on like a tangent but you know I'm seeing so many of my classmates from school that I grew up with um I'm 23 getting married in this past year or two and I mean I know what's gone behind those decisions like you know what I mean like and I'm like you're having to sacrifice your freedom and you know maybe you're happy but it's I don't know I kind of struggle with it and I from an outsider I don't want to like make judgments or like say anything concrete but coming from such a different perspective and being grateful for that I just feel a little sad yeah uh like when I see situations like that but um I'm hoping like the work you're doing and you know as you said it's not on one person to make a change it's like more and more and more so the work that's been done across organizations I think that's that's really gonna help make a change and I think just to touch on you know when see this everyone's different everyone comes from different backgrounds some parents might be super strict and I'm just hope that I'm able to kind of give them the tools to kind of, at the end of the day, you're not. I'm not saying you know go against your parents, fight with your parents, make mm-hmm. you know huge commotions, nothing like that. It's like you said, they need to unlearn. It's all about this processing of unlearning and educating them. You know, so if you're able, if you have the tools, I say, hopefully we can you know give you some advice. You know, from spill the chai, all these girls who have done it as well, give you a bit of advice and kind of take these tools and kind of sit down and speak to your parents. Because at the end of the day, you want your parents your you know support you want your parents backing so for you to do it in the right there's a wrong way the right way to do it so you know hopefully over time girls will be able to have a nice conversation with the parents and be like look i love you but this is what i want for my life and that's that's basically the goal for it yeah 
Yep, and I mean it sounds so simple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not that simple. It's a process, and it will take time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like I think the things that sound the simplest are the most complicated um, to actually come to reality. Uh, but yeah, I, I I totally agree with you on that. Um, yeah, I think this has been an absolutely amazing conversation for me personally. Like. as i mentioned at the start of this show i you know i'm trying to like get more out of my identity with being sindhi and really understanding what does that mean will i ever learn to speak the language i don't know i'm not making any active <laughs> efforts and you know a year or two ago i would like beat myself up over that but now i'm like maybe i will maybe i won't and that's okay like sometimes my dad will be on the phone and he's like i'm just going to speak to you in sindhi i'm like sure do that i'll just respond in hindi is that okay yeah. <laughs> and he's like okay sure fine whatever <laughs> and so you know that that's me for you it might be different for someone else who's completely fluent it might be different and that's just language that's that's not everything exactly exactly so so i think i think it's a journey and you define what your journey and relationship is and that again just goes back to taking ownership of your life whether that's in terms of your career or whether that's in terms of like your identity i think nobody has the right to tell you exactly. what that should be so that's the thing is like i don't speak sindhi as you mentioned and it's like look so what you still can't call me any less than a, a sindhi i'm still sindhi by birth so no one can take that away from me and i think that's super important and those the sindhis who are not so connected to the roots like i think they should just be reminded that doesn't mean that you know you're any less of a sindhi person that's it yeah, yeah. love it well thank you so much for coming on uh, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find sindhi girl gang and connect with all this great content that you're pushing out definitely so you can follow sindhi girl gang uh, on instagram at sindhi girl gang um I try and post regularly but um yeah no definitely follow us and get in contact with me if you want to have a chat I'm so open to you know speaking to different people learning from them um and also just being inspired you know by all of you guys because you guys are the one who keeps me going and constantly trying to post um on Instagram so yeah definitely um give it a follow Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you once again. Yeah. I I absolutely had a fun time talking to you and just I mean, as I said, I don't know a lot of Sindhi people or creators or women creators, so <laughs> this yeah. is, you know, we just need more of this to happen. Don't worry. There 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 are a few as I when I started this um journey, there was a lot of Sindhi um creators coming up as well. So, we all get connected. Okay. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Caffeinated Brown Girl podcast. If you enjoyed this show, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and click the follow button on whatever platform you're listening this on. Take care. I will talk to you next time. Until then, bye-bye.